The metrics are going to tell you to invest your limited time, energy, focus, and money in either marketing or in team building or in training. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franzen. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey, great to be together with you, all of you today. Dr. Stephen, it's a, a thrill for me. Uh, we are in the studio recording. It is a Thursday, so you know how special that is for us. And uh, it's summertime here in North America, and uh, we are just in the thick of the transition into the second half of the year. And we're coming uh, in hot this week, Dr. Stephen. Uh, coming off of lots of CEO mastermind meetings, and uh, we've got some juice worth the squeeze that we're going to get to today. And if you know from the title of this episode, we're going to be getting into data. And uh, Dr. Steven, I think that if anybody's listened to these podcasts before, they know how much we value that. We're going to emphasize a few things here today and remind you of some things and hopefully uh, leave here, all of us, with an upgrade in our leadership. Dr. Steven, it's great to be in the studio with you today. And uh, great to be having this conversation. Oh, man, Dr. Pete, I was uh, fit to be tied. Psyched to see that this was scheduled for a Thursday afternoon at the end of a mastermind week. So you're like me. We're coming into this thing hot, right? So going 100 miles an hour after just a powerful week. So, uh, man, we are warmed up. We are stretched out. We're ready to rock and roll. Today, we're having a critical conversation. Yeah, we're talking about metrics we're going to talk about the metrics that matter. We're talking about being data-driven leaders. If we want to have data-driven businesses, we've got to commit to being data-driven leaders. And uh, But I just want to make sure that we don't lose the forest for the trees, right? So so often, chiropractors, you know, we can, we can forget that not everybody on our team is as on purpose as we are, right? So it's like chiropractors, most of them that I know are so mission-driven and so servant-hearted and on purpose they can actually forget to talk about that, right? So we're not gonna we're not gonna make that mistake uh, here today. And uh, in the remarkable practice, we always teach it's heart, head, hands, feet, right? So the heart is the why, the head is the what, right? The hands is the how, and then the feet is let let's go, let's do this, let's put it on the ground and run. So you know we always want to start with the heart. We recognize we're having a data driven conversation, but what does the data? represent, right? So what are the metrics that matter represent? It represents humanity. It represents people. It's your people, your community. So we never want to let our, our metrics be reduced to a spreadsheet or a report, right? So there's humanity behind this and there's the families that we are trusted to take care of. So, you know, this is not faceless, right? So I just want to make sure that we get that out of the way before we have a business conversation, because Dr. Pete, as you know, we're in the business of saving lives. And when business is good, everybody wins. And reason we have this podcast is because what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs right now is more successful chiropractors. So we're here to equip you. We're here to help you become more successful. And our tagline of it's about having a remarkable practice is part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. That's not just a tagline. It's literally why we're here. This is why we're doing this and why we're doing what we're doing. We want to help you be more successful, which means to be in alignment with your core values, your vision story, and your behaviors. Dr. Beat, there's no way you can do this if you're trying to run a personality-driven, instinct and gut-driven pirate ship You know, for a practice where everything's on your back right, and the place is just running, going, and growing by a pound of your flesh and an hour of your time. You know, it's going to be about you becoming a leader, making an ascension to a leader from a owner operator who's running this thing on brute force to a CEO who's using leverage. In other words, leveraging systems and technology and people, but you can't leverage people effectively if you don't have your metrics. So ultimately, today's conversation is going to help us achieve what ultimately all of us are looking to do, which is create greater durability in our business. So 
let's get after it. So I want to start where you started, pick up there, which is starting with the heart. And so I want to start with many of you listening to this may be able to relate with the fact that it's a journey of becoming. So, you know, we're talking about a data-driven business and that data is designed to flow to you and that great leaders demand that in a sense, the word demand might be strong, but there, there is a requirement in order to be successful as a leader that energetically CEO, the chief energy officer, in order to sustain the correct energy and to lead well, that the data would flow to you. But I want to speak to the heart of the matter, which really is that some of us, some of you listening maybe are, quote unquote, less data driven, meaning you don't, that's not something that you have, you're very passionate about necessarily, but you recognized over time that as much as I resist it, I recognize that I need it. And in order for me to successfully scale it, it being your business, which is in the business of saving lives, that I'm going to require this. And so it's a journey of becoming, becoming a data-driven leader. Because I think at the beginning, many of us are not. We'd rather not. We'd rather just focus on you know, the person in front of me. And I'd rather just, I know if I give love and serve, then everything's going to work out well. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And, and, you know, maybe that's, that's how you launched and maybe that's maybe how you are right now. But what we're saying today is that we want you to check yourself, to check in, check your own pulse on how data-driven are you and where's your heart on this? Because if you have a sense of resistance to this, if you are, if you're not truly valuing it, it's actually undermining the team, which is who are actually to be sending the data up to you. The, the data that flows to you comes from the team that you're, you're leading. And so I just wanted to check in and just say, how committed are you to being the data-driven leader? And are you truly, or have you been convicted and sold on this, that this is actually a requirement? Or are you resisting still? And are you tiptoeing around the issue? Or are you settling for less than the, the, the quality and quantity of data that you re- need to really run a data-driven company and be a great leader. And we did an episode, Dr. Steven, a few weeks back, maybe months back actually at this point, but it was about the, the becoming the transformational leader. And we talked about how many of us would identify as more of a relational leader. Some of us will identify more as a transactional leader, but all of us need to aspire to be the transformational leader. And therefore, we would know that there is a a requirement to have data in order to have great relationships. Some of us think, well, if I just avoid the data, I can preserve the relationship and then everybody's going to be happy. And the reality is, is that that's BS. That's not how it works. In order to have a really transformational experience as a team, your employees and yourself, and to make the impact that you desire to make, it requires both the relational and transactional which creates transformation. And it's when those come together, that convergence is really what we're driving at today. So Dr. Steven, this is a conversation about leadership and, and data at, at the, as a, a component of remarkable leadership, transformational leadership, and creating that transformational business while focusing on, as you said, the metrics that matter the most. I love that you went back there because in that we have the conversation around turning your mission into a math problem, right? So the reality is, is as a CEO, you always have to pick your problems, right? So you will be dealing with problems. Pick the problems you want to be solving. I don't know about you, Dr. Pete, but I'd rather solve math problems than people problems, right? So if you don't make it a math problem, you're going to be dealing with people problems. And here's what I mean by that. If you are trying to make this ascension from owner operator to CEO, that implies that you're going to be delegating, right? So if you're leading a team, what do you mean by that? You're leading, you're trusting people to take on roles in the business and they're going to be responsibilities to come with that. They're going to be accountable to that. That's you're delegating, right? And you can't, and, and you cannot delegate something that can't be measured, right? So you can't delegate it well. And if you try to do that, then you're going to end up with people problems, right? So uh, at the end of the day, you know, you are either going to be dealing with things using just your gut and your instinct, or 
you're going to be data driven and be on the logical side of this. So what we know to be true is logic and emotion are inversely proportional, right? So if you are in a high data environment, in other words, you have the information, the data, the metrics that you need, you can be logical in your decision making process, right? So you can be a logical leader. If you are in a low data environment, you don't have the information that you need, you're going to be high emotion right? Where you're going to be the more emotional leader, right? So now what you're going to deal with is a crazy person, right? So, and the truth is, is nobody wants to work for a crazy person. Nobody wants to, to work for a leader who is all over the shop emotionally, the, what Martini calls the elation depression fluctuations that you're essentially, oh, we had a good week last week, or we had a good month last month, we're elated. We had a tough day today or tough week last week or a tough month. And I'm now defeated, deflated, and uh, and now I'm, I'm slipping into this elation depression dynamic. And I'm, emotionally, I'm all over the shop. Well, here's the deal is that that is exhausting, right? So it's exhausting to you and to your team, and A players won't tolerate it. So ultimately, we get to have a choice. Do I want to run on gut instincts, like so many of us did, and, and how we achieved certain levels of success as an owner operator? When your hands are all over everything, you've got good instincts that you've developed with your experience and time. But to make the ascension from owner operator to a CEO who's delegating, you can no longer just run on instincts. You need data. You need that information so you can lead well, right? So as you make that ascension, you should be one part gut, two parts data, right? You don't want to abandon that great instinct, that gut that you've developed as a as an owner operator, you want to bring that with you. And now you want to inform that. And Dr. Peter reminds me of being back in school, you know, when we'd have these conversations around the intellectual mind and the innate mind, right? So innate versus learned, right? So it, the intellectual mind versus the innate mind, when you're taking care of patients, the truth is, I love how BJ put this, is the innate would dip into the knowledge base from the educated mind, right? So we had to study the ologies, the anatomy and the physiology and the hard tissue and soft tissue and learn analysts, uh, our, our analytical skills, learn how to read an x-ray, learn how to adjust, right? We had to learn that so that our innate had something to resource, right? Like would, the innate intelligence would dip into that knowledge base. Same thing as a leader, you can have your instincts, but your instincts should be able to dip into the data and feel like you're making informed decisions and you are leveraging those instincts. So Dr. Steven, I, I love this. Um, the one part gut, two parts data, that that recipe really, really works. And, you know, I've, I've witnessed it. And this, this week and this quarter already, you know, getting deep into statistics in, you know, looking at the mid-year mark and going through numbers, a lot of numbers and spreadsheets and things like that. Like, I think you and I, we've talked about this. There's a, like almost an I'm allergic to spreadsheets kind of thing, but you learn to actually value them and appreciate them. And then when you begin to be able to help another person, another CEO with their business by looking at the numbers, the data, and be able to discover what's really going on, it's, it's transformative, right? And so for me, that's, that's all of that needs to happen is one time for me. It's like how many, if you adjust one person, their life changes, you, re you realize I'm coming back for more, you know, I'll keep adjusting people until forever because I knew it changed at least one person's life. So I'm going to do more. And, and we've seen this over and over and over again with the data and the transformation. And so coming, coming in hot, you know, I was just even this week, I recognized that here's one of the gaps for us as CEOs is we're just, you could be going through the motions. You can be getting the data, but just going through the motions and it's not really working. And so I'm going to challenge some of us that number one, the data needs to be accurate. Number two, the data needs to be flowing to you in a timely fashion and in a consistently and that you as the CEO have a cadence, a regular cadence of studying the, the data, the numbers, and that you have a regular cadence of, um, so that's the reporting rhythm. And then you have a, a regular cadence of following up with that data and doing something with it. And what I discovered, again, once again, this, this quarter is that 
sometimes it goes, I'm getting the data, but I'm not really doing anything with it. And it's just stopping at the reporting is done. So the reporting rhythm is there, but not necessarily leading to taking any level of action and or not really digging deep into the data to discover what's really going on because I don't necessarily want to look at that issue. And then we don't really create the transformation in the business. The goal is, so it's not just enough to get the data. You have to actually use the data and use the data to determine what decisions need to be made. And this is where I think some of the times, like you said, we get so close to the rock wall, we don't see what's really going on. And a CEO has got to have perspective. And so the, the value of the data is when you actually are willing to go in and dig into it and ask the hard questions and ask what's really going on and why is that happening and really being able to look deeper into it. Because ultimately, as you said, this, need, this is the part of the delegation methodology and the delegation methodology has a lot of training in it and trusting and trusting and verifying, verifying what, how would you verify? You verify with the data. So right. then I go back from the verified with the data back to the delegation and I'm training. It goes back to training. So do you see there's a connection between the data verification back to training? Training goes back to trusting. Trusting is really where you, you equip and empower a leadership team. And that's what it means to empower, to transfer authority. I'm giving you authority over this do domain or KPI. And as a result of that, we are going to be able to help more people. And this is the whole cycle. But if we're not verifying and then turning that verification into that has to turn into action, which turns back into more training so we can get better, it doesn't actually lead to growth. Dr. Steven, I, I found that sometimes we can get fatigued. Uh, we don't really go full circle with the data. We don't really go dig deep enough into it to actually lead to the chain transformation. That's really what the data is designed to produce. It just stops at the data and that's not what it's designed to do. Hey, Remarkables. Do you know where your next 100 new patients are coming from? Have you developed a fully leveraged marketing machine where you have total confidence that you'll predictably smash your goals month after month after month? What would it mean to your practice if you were to consistently see an additional 15, 20, 25 or more additional qualified new patient leads coming into your practice every month? CEOs, make this your reality. Join us for the annual Remarkable Attraction Marketing Immersion, October 6th and 7th in Phoenix, Arizona, and October 27th and 28th in Adelaide, Australia. Click the link in the show notes below and register your team now. Stop leaving tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table due to lackluster internal new patient referrals. Stop wasting time and spinning your wheels trying to figure out how to get butts and seats for your outside speaking events. Stop throwing good money after bad on digital marketing that's just not working. Doc, you should be seeing a five times to 10 times ROI on your marketing dollars. Our clients are crushing this. The weekend will feature a three-track format focusing on internal, external, and digital lead generation. Bring your team. Everyone in your practice is a marketer. Let us inspire and equip them to help you fill your schedule book with more qualified new patients. October 6th and 7th in Phoenix, October 27th and 28th in Adelaide. Click the link in the show notes here or go to the remarkablepractice.com events page and register your team today. We'll see you in October. So what you said is so important and we don't want this podcast to be informative or entertaining. We want it to be transformative ourselves, right? So let's right. review that because I'm going to put it into a sequence, okay. right? Because if you don't know step one, steps two through 10, you just stopped listening, right? So I just want to make sure that we double all the way back and we we'll say, okay, so first thing, first thing we're going to do is let's reference you know, your business and how could we represent your business on one piece of paper? Well, we use the accountability grid. So if you want to look at the business of a chiropractic office, just visualize the accountability grid. Uh, we'll put that image up for those of you who are watching on YouTube. There's wink, wink, watch us on YouTube, right? Because we add graphics and, you know, very often we give away those infographics. In fact, why don't we give away the accountability grid so people know what I'm talking about? We'll put a link in the show notes here. So if you want to get a copy of our accountability grid, which is essentially looking at the business in one sheet of paper, you can audit all five do domains and those five domains of the business are, of course, 
attraction or marketing and lead generation, conversion or sales. And then there's retention, which is delivery. And then there's team building, which is your HR functions. And then there's the money, the finances, right? So those are the five domains of the business. Well, we split those into three subdomains. So now you've got 15 primary functions of the business, right? So we use that to ground ourselves and we organize this conversation, which is, all right, we asked two questions. Is it optimized and who owns it? Okay, so now you've got 15 functions that are happening in every one of your practices, right? Everyone that's listening right now, if you're a practicing chiropractor, it's happening in your practice, right? So there's nowhere to hide on this sheet of paper, frankly, right? So you ask two questions. Is it optimized zero to 10? Okay, 10 being couldn't do it better. Zero is hopeless. 10 is genius, right? So zero to 10, is it optimized? Will we reach our, will we reach our goals if we keep doing what we've been doing? And number two, who owns it? In other words, who's accountable to it? Those are the two most important questions, right? So now you've identified that. Who owns it is the person that you've delegated it to. So now you sit with them and say, do you understand why you're, what this function is and why you're going to be responsible for, the, for all of the responsibilities captured here inside of this function? Yes, you do. Okay, great. We measure all of those activities. They create KPIs, okay, key performance indicators. Those are the metrics that we're talking about. These are the metrics that matter. So now, pause. Do you understand that? Like that's step one. Do I understand? These are the 15 primary functions of my business. And I know I can't do everything. I need to, I, I need to make sure that somebody owns it. So I'm going to keep some of these, but I'm going to delegate the rest of them. This is the delegation process. So now somebody knows that they're accountable to that function of the business. They don't have to do everything. They just have to know everything's getting done, right? And what gets measured. So that's, a, that's the first thing. It's like, what measurements matter? What should we be measuring? Those are your KPIs. So that's really step one in this, right? So you, you've delegated, you've helped them understand the behaviors, the responsibilities, how those are measured and how those create metrics that matter. They own that. Now you set goals for those and you set up, that's a reporting system and a meeting rhythm. So reporting system is, this is how those metrics are tracked. This is how I expect the reports to be created. You give them everything they need to do this well. And then you set up a meeting rhythm. We're going to talk about this weekly at team meeting. We're going to meet monthly and make sure you're on track. And then we're going to meet quarterly to audit and assess how you're doing. We call this a scorecard, right? So now you have a, a method for capturing the data. That's a report that they own and they're responsible to, to populate that report with those metrics and they flow to you. Those reports flow to you from each of the people that run each one or own or are accountable to each of these functions. So now the, the data flows to you, not through you as a CEO. It flows up to you. So now you know that that's part of the accountability of that person. That's part of the delegation process. So now we have a reporting system and we have a meeting rhythm where we're going to create accountability. So now we have visibility into what's going on and we have accountability, which is what really is going to cause traction in the business and make you move forward. We're going to take motion and we're going to turn it into movement, right? So now we, Dr. Pete, now we have the data flowing to us as the CEO. Now we're one part gut, two parts data. We take our instincts and we inform those instincts with the facts, right? So now we're dealing with a math problem, not a people problem, right? So now we're looking at the numbers. Now we have to have the ability to assess, right? So this is the skill set of the CEO. You need to know how to assess, which is the first step in our peer process. Assess, plan, prepare, execute, assess, repeat. So as a CEO, you look at the numbers and you assess. And if you listen, your business will speak to you. Your business will talk to you. If you let the matrix, be, the metrics become the matrix, it's the story that starts to the story. Your business will tell you the story of what's going on. Start doing this. Stop doing that. Do more of this. Do less of that. And your metrics, Dr. Pete, will tell you what to do. That's the purpose of metrics. It tells you what to do as the CEO. And it's typically in one of three categories of your business. The metrics are going to tell you to invest your limited time, energy, focus, and money in either marketing or in team building or in training. That's good. I, I you know, as I'm listening to you break that down, just slow it down to speed up, right? I'm listening and I'm thinking, okay, so where in that sequence, like those 10 things, let's say, where is right now the point of constraint? Like you said, let's make this as practical as we can. We can we can share information, but we want to lead to transformation. So if you click on the 
the accountability grid that you've got there now and you look at it and you said, okay, where is the point of constraint in the business? So going back to Dr. Steven, your point, which was first, look at the 15 primary functions of your business, start there. That's actually a really good place to start. We can, we can just start there and say, is it, is it optimized 10 to one and who owns it? And, and right, right there, we that's the first spot. If, if we don't have, uh, if we're not functioning at, let's call it eight, nine and 10, we have a point of constraint. If no one owns it, that means you own it. That's a point of constraint, you know? So now, now we, we've already got that. So let's say, even if you've got these 15 primary functions organized and it's there and you have individuals who own it and are accountable and we've got that now we actually get to the, the assess part. And now we can say, okay, it, what, what is the, what are the KPIs that are being reported? When are they being reported? How are they being reported? And then from that, once we have that there, now we can start to do this assessment and say, okay, as a CEO, I can use the data to make decisions, data-driven decisions. And with that data and the team together, seeing the data collectively, right now we can actually, we can turn this job into a business. And that's what we have really dedicated ourselves to, Dr. Steven, in many ways is helping more doctors turn their job into a business and, and creating this type of a, a, a culture within the organization, recognizing that, you know, we are in the business of saving lives and we are in the business of, you know, helping the people in our community. And the way that we do that is we, we understand that each person, every metric is a, is a person, it's an individual going back to what you started with today. And, and, and so letting your business speak to you. So this is where as a CEO, it goes back to your ability to, listen. The ability to assess is a listening skill. It's an, it's empathy. It's almost empathetic. You have to become empathetic towards your business. There's a sensitivity you have to have. You have to be willing to understand before being understood. You actually have to get into that energy of, I'm not going to come in here like, you know, watch out. I'm going to, I'm the savior. I'll solve this problem. Get out of my way. Like, let me figure this out. You, you actually have to go in with a different energy, kind of humbly, quiet. Let me listen. Let me, let me hear what's going on. Tell me more. Let me see that. Let, let me understand. Because for a lot of us, we don't come in that way. We're like, my sleeves are already rolled up. I already got dirt under my fingernails. Move out of the way. It, it, it's actually a different, it's, we have to come in from a different level of maturity at this point where we're like, okay, okay. Let me hear. Let me listen. Let me understand. I'm listening so that I understand. And then my I'm not just going to come in and say, I got this, put it on my back. I climbed this mountain once or twice before. I think I know what to do. Actually, no, I'm going to help you solve this. Let's figure out what, like you said, is it a marketing issue? Is it a team issue? Where do I need to invest the time, energy, the focus? the money, the resources, the four that we all have. That's what I love, Dr. Stephen, how you brought it to that point. But we have to be energetically in a place where we're able to receive it. That's right. So that you can listen, so that you can respond appropriately. It's, it's, about, it's about how you respond, right? It, it's, it's about what you do with that data and being discerning to invest those resources in the right place at the right time. That is the genius. That is the, that's what we're going for and we're going towards. And that only happens when you have those pieces in place. And that's how we always say the businesses, they, they become transformative. This, this inflection point, what was it? And it's be that you were in that place where you were, you were able to, re, you were ready to hear and listen and respond accordingly. That, is the data-driven leaders that we want to become. So Dr. Pete, I'm grabbing my virtual highlighter right now and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike it through a word that you use there, which was understand. And that the inflection point that you're referencing right there, you know, watching a practice go from being stuck at 200 a week and running up to 500 a week or being at 600 a week and, and, and just feeling like they're trying to get 10 pounds of 
crap in a five pound bag every moment and going busting through to 800, a thousand, watching businesses go from 300,000 to 800,000 to 1.2 million, watching a practice that was at 2 million for five years, go to 4 million, like those inflection points that our clients enjoy. And they just, I, I know the point that it happens. And it's that word understand, because I know that there are people listening right now. They're being like, I have metrics. I have numbers. Or maybe they're like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even know which numbers to measure. Like, I don't understand like what, sh what's, what, what are the meaningful, what, what are the metrics that matter, right? Some of them are actually getting these numbers and they're looking at those numbers and like, okay, I don't understand these numbers. Like, I don't understand how they interrelate with one another. I don't understand what my, I hear my practice talking to me. I hear my business talking to me. In fact, it's yelling at me. Right? So it's like, but, but I don't understand it. Truth is, Dr. Pete is, so many Kairos just don't raise their hand because the business is actually speaking a foreign language it doesn't understand. Yeah, it's called business, right? So, you know, when you when you recognize that metrics are actually the language of the business, right? So, if you don't speak that language, you need an interpreter. And we, and I just want to just raise my hand right now and say, listen, if that's you right now, don't hang up from this podcast and be like, oh, that was that was cool, but I it, TBU true true but useless. I can't do anything with it. Right. So we will come alongside you. We're here for you guys. If you need an interpreter, we have a fluency here where we we can help you look at that metrics and let those metrics and let it become the matrix. It will tell you the story and it will not just tell you what's, you know, not optimized or what's, you know, what's wrong or what's broken or what have you. It literally tells you what to do about it. And that's the key to it, Dr. P, because all of us are just too busy. We don't have time. We don't want to waste money. We definitely don't want to waste any energy. This is about listening in such a way that you can interpret exactly what the metrics are telling you. So you get focused and you get work, get to work on specifically those things that will drive your own inflection point. Hey guys, it's Dr. Lona Cook. And I just wanted to make sure you know that in today's show notes, you can go and download the webinar that is on launching the practice. Dr. Stephen Franson and other coaches are pouring into this launch program to help you get ready to successfully launch and build structure and infrastructure that will create the dream practice that you are capable of. So you're gonna want to download that. It's on the five phases of opening your practice and being really clear about each step along the way. So make sure you go into the show notes, download that, and we'll see you in there in the launch program. And make sure to share this with anyone else that you know that is opening a practice soon. Thanks, guys. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, CEOs. So as promised, I am here today in the studio with a new friend of mine, a colleague of mine who I've been uh, hearing about over these past, let's call it year, year and a half since I know we've been uh, working with your company and you've been serving so many of our doctors, especially in Australia. I am honored to have with me today in the studio, Dr. Omar Ayubi an amazing chiropractor. He's been a chiropractor for two decades. Can you believe it's already been 20 years for you, man? I mean, time flies when you're having fun. An incredible doctor, uh, chiropractor, and also radiologist. So it's not often you meet a, a chiropractor who's also licensed um, as a radiographer, but, but he is. And uh, so, Doc, before we get into some of the questions that I have for you and how you're helping doctors use leverage to function as CEOs and create a bigger impact, a greater income in their businesses. Uh, tell us a little bit about you. What's, uh, what, what, what would you want us to know about you? Uh, again, I told the audience just a little bit, but anything else you'd want us to know? And then uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grill you a little bit here today. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to have some fun. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Pete, for that. I uh, really appreciate this opportunity and your, and your time. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm from Sydney, Australia. And I think a lot of the the stuff that we're going to be talking about today really it appeals more to the Australian-based chiropractors. The business that we run appeals to, to them rather than the, your US audience. So just, just to give it a little bit of context. But yeah, uh, I'm Omar Yubi, uh, qualified radiographer and, and chiropractor. Been a chiropractor since 2002, 2003. It's been a long time, so I'm forgetting the years now. 
And uh, yeah, so it's been about 20 years and time does fly. And I'm thinking more about that every day. Yes, time does fly. And uh, so we started, um, our chiropractic business is, is the back clinic. We started that in 2003. Um, and then in 2013, we started Innate Radiology, which is, Innate Radiology is a teleradiology service for Australian chiropractors. We provide that service Australia-wide. Um, and that started in 2003, we, and we've been running it ever since, ever since then. And uh, as you've already mentioned, I do have a radiography background as well. And that gave me, um, it gave me insight into the radiology field. And being a chiropractor, I merged those two fields together, and we're helping a lot of Australian chiropractors with, those, with that background. So I love this and, and I love talking to an entrepreneur and it, it's very clear to me right now. And I think our audience and hopefully a lot of the U.S. who heard you say that are sticking around because this is going to be awesome. This is a great interview. And I want them to hear from you because you're a CEO who is innovating and you've created a business. And we always say a business exists to solve a problem. That's what exists yeah. if for someone else. That's what it exists for. So let me ask you, so you were inspired at some point to launch this business. So here you were 2002 and three, launched the back clinic. You guys are going, 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 serving, saving lives. All of a sudden, 2013 comes. Talk to me about that. What's going on? What's going inside of your, your entrepreneurial brain that made you decide, okay, I'm going to launch another business. Take us through that problem solving. Like, what are we going to go after? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I love it, man. I love, I love the entrepreneurial thing. I, I really love it. This is what I think about is what I uh, talk about every day with people, right? So I love it, this entrepreneurial spirit. So, so what, what was it with me? So uh, I was a qualified radiographer first, right? That was my undergraduate degree. And we did chiropractic as a postgraduate. And while I was studying chiropractic, um, after I'd finished a radiography degree, I was working as a radiographer in, in medical centers, in hospitals. And I gained an insight into how chiropractors and other practitioners, but how chiropractors, because I was studying chiropractic at the time, were able to refer for, for radiology exams, right? Now, in, in Australia, we've got, we've got these services, the radiology services paid for by the government. It's, it's a Medicare program. So, um, so in the Australian context, patients, uh, citizens of Australia get their x-rays paid for by the government. So I'm working as a radiographer, I'm seeing that, hey, chiropractors can refer for x-rays. The patients are coming in. They don't have to pay for it, right? And I'm thinking, hang, hang on a second. So this is while I was studying chiropractic. I, I was able to go, hey, hang on a second. There's something going on here. There's a, there's a referral thing going on here. Uh, the patients are getting the service for free. And I was already thinking before I had even graduated as a chiropractor, hey, man, I've got something here. The chiropractor can refer if the chiropractor had their own x-ray machine and in Australia, you know, some chiropractors do have their own x-ray machine. They're able to take their own x-rays. They can refer. And if I can bring Medicare into that, into the chiropractic profession and allow chiropractors to bill the government for this service, uh, I think this is a win-win for everyone, the customer. Um, and if I can, if, if I can remunerate the chiropractors somehow, it's a win for the chiropractic owners uh, or their businesses because obviously they're making money out of this. So it's a win for all parties, the customer, the business owner. It's a win for us. We're, we're able to provide this service and everyone, everyone's winning out of this. So this all came about while I was studying chiropractic and working as a radiographer and getting insight into that field and how the government is paying for that service that the chiropractors were already using. So you didn't, but you didn't start it right away. So you finished your chiropractic studies and you started your practice, but it was almost a decade later before. So you were, you were taking your own x-rays in your clinic and your, in, in the back clinic, you were, you were marking and, and analyzing your own and doing your own reporting. So it took yeah. about, you know, almost a, a decade before you launched this. What was that? What was kind of the, what had to happen for you in your business, your first business before you were able to launch the second business? Yeah, so um, being uh, a young, so I'm 44 now. So if we go back 20 years ago, I was 22, 23, 24 by the time I graduated from chiropractic. Being a 24-year-old, um, I was young. Um, even though I had the idea, I didn't have confidence. I, I, I really, so if I think back at myself 20 years ago, I lacked a lot of confidence. 
I had no experience. I had no family members in the business of radiology. Even though I was working in radiology, there was, there was, there was no one to go to with that. So what I was doing for that first decade was using my, um, my contacts within the radiology field or some of the people that I used to work with had their own radiology business set up. And I was, I, I made an agreement with them. I had a, rela a working relationship with them. I said, hey man, look, I'm gonna take my own x-rays. How about, you know, you, you know, you do the reporting. You know, you've got the radiologists already. Um, you've got the whole setup. You've got the whole infrastructure. Oh, how about I use your infrastructure? And, um, you know, you, you remunerate us a small fee for that, you know? Uh, so that was the setup for the first decade. I, I didn't have confidence. I didn't have the experience to go up to radiologists and, uh, you know, uh, propose this idea to them. And I didn't know how to remunerate a radio. I didn't even know how to negotiate terms with them. Um, so that was happening for the first decade. So it wasn't until, you know, 2013 when I had the confidence then, probably in my mid-30s, to actually say, hey, man, hey, look, um, maybe I can set this whole thing up myself. Maybe I can, maybe I can set up this whole infrastructure myself. So it, I think it was a lack of confidence. That's probably what it was wow. in the early years. I also think, you know, like you said, it's a lack of confidence, but it's also at the same time, like you were building up your relationships in the market. You were studying the market. You were also owning your profession, knowing that the clients that you're going to be serving moving forward were your own colleagues as Kairos. So you were going to, you were going to be serving them. So it gave you an opportunity to, like you said, build the relationships with others in your, in the community there, but it also enabled you to like get your, put your 10,000 hours in, in Cairo and really become a chiropractor who built a business. And now, cause to open a second business of any kind, that requires a lot of time, energy, focus, and money. I mean, it's, and here you are already leveraged because you're in your business. So I just love having this conversation with another entrepreneur, because again, it, it just goes to show, like, even if you don't have confidence, eventually if you have a vision you can you you like stay with it don't give up i love that you held on to it for 10 years and then you decided to take it so now you're now you've been doing it for 10 years so let's let's fast forward yeah. a little bit and bring you up now we're in 2022 so now you've been running the back clinic for 20 years and the nate radiology for 10 years almost um so one of the questions you know that i have today is so how are you helping Specifically, if I'm a client, so I'm a chiropractor, okay, I am, yeah. and you're innate radiology, like what's it look like for me if you were to say, hey, I'm going to hire you or use your services in my clinic because I have a clinic, I have an x-ray unit. Um, what does that look like for that conversation? For me as a doctor who's not using innate radiology, why would I take that next step in working with you? And how are you helping me be more successful and help more people? I'd, I'd love to hear like how that discussion goes. Yeah, Pete, yeah, you, you're right. You know, after that confidence, you know, it's, it wasn't just a lack of confidence. You're right. It does take time to build up the networks and to build up, you know, the, the, the knowledge and intelligence. So you're right. So since 2013, uh, we've been helping a lot of Australian chiropractors. And what we bring to the table is to say, look, man, Dr. Pete, you're already referring for x-rays, right? You're already referring for x-rays. How about you join us, our team, you know, you be a part of our team and we pay you for a service that you're already using. And the, the, the payment that we're making is we go, hey, look, Dr. Pete, you've got the infrastructure already set up in your, in your office. And if you don't, for the chiropractors that don't already have their own x-ray facility on site, we can help you with that, right? So that's another added thing, part of our business. We help chiropractors. We make it so easy for them to set up a radiology clinic within their own uh, chiropractic practice and we make it the most cost effective. So part of that time, you know, a lot of time went into building those relationships and I've got those relationships with some of the x-ray suppliers and we've been able to, to provide chiropractors with the most cost effective radiology setup. So we help with that and accreditation and all those things. So the chiropractor really doesn't need to do much. They don't even need to know anything. We bring all that to the table, the intellectual property, the know-how, the experience, the cost effectiveness, we're adding dollars to the chiropractor's bottom line and we're benefiting your patients, Dr. Pete, right? So rather than the chiropractor, rather than the chiropractor charging $150 for an x-ray, in the Australian context, I can say, hey, Dr. Pete, why do you provide that service 
to your patients free of charge and focus their attention more on them investing into their chiropractic healthcare, right? And on top of that, we have a team of radiologists that provides you, Dr. Pete, with you know, the radiologist report, which gives you confidence, assurance that no pathology is being missed. There's no, no liability on you. So it's a win for you. It's a win for the patient. It's a win for the business. So we bring all of that, you know, um, uh, the know-how, cost-effectiveness, money, um, save patients money and time. That's the, that's the business model. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking, all right, why would we not be set up with you and run doing business together? I mean, it doesn't, it makes zero sense other than if a doctor might say, all right, we can charge, we're going to charge more for our x-rays and we're going to, we're going to have our patients pay us out of pocket more than maybe your company could ever be able to, you know, pay us for that. I mean, that'd be the only thing. So to me, it's a no brainer. I mean, you've taken all the risk out. You have, you know, you've obviously provided the highest level of service. You have professional radiologists doing the reporting. I mean, from all that perspective, to me, it's a no brainer. So in my opinion, we've just got to make sure that we reach every chiropractor in Australia who either has a unit or doesn't yet. And let's make sure we get them set up with one. I mean, you guys had the whole thing set up. So last question is this. So we always think in terms of the four limited resources, you probably heard us talk about that. This you know, all human beings, including CEOs, have four limited resources. We all have a limited amount of time. We all have yeah. a limited amount of energy, a limited amount of focus, and a limited amount of money. I mean, there's, there's a, and so I've heard you tell me that you directly address the money component. You've taken that out of the equation by saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna pay you to take X-rays in your in your facility, and we'll mark them for you." Energy. Hey, it takes a lot of energy. I know for me in my office, like we did more of a, um, like a, a CVP model. So we were taking a lot of films and pre and post films, all this stuff. Like if you were to tell me, Hey, we would, we would help you with that. Like taking, you take the x-rays, we'll take care of like assessment, analyzing and all that and giving you a thorough report on that. That'd be massive for me as an example. So think about saving me time yeah. and energy and focus. It's huge. Or my associate doctors who are doing that. Now you freed me up and my associates to go do the thing that we need to be doing, which is growing the chiropractic business, serving more people at the table, growing the business. I mean, to me, it just, when I think in terms of ROI, that's where my mind goes. Talk, talk to us about that. Like when you think about, I mean, can, do you have visibility into your practices? Once they hire you, are they growing? Are they seeing more people? Are they growing since they start working with innate radiology? I'd love to, to know like what kind of the, some of the results have been for the docs and the clinics that you've been able to help? Yeah, man, um, ROI, uh, the most important question of all, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so we've already covered things like, you know, saving the chiropractor, the, the energy, uh, the time, the focus. We take all that, all that guesswork out. We run the operation. We help them run the operation. We help them set it all up. So that's all gone. Um, in terms of return on investment on money, look, our chiropractors, look, we've got, we've got chiropractors all around Australia. Uh, I can track, you know, what they're doing, the numbers that they're doing, and they are all growing, right? Uh, at the very least, year upon year, I see chiropractors just maintaining their volume. That's the, that's the very least. No chiropractors are going down. I mean, this business model works. It, it's a win. It's a win-win. It, it doesn't go backwards, right? So, Return on investment, you know, we, I, I, we've seen things like, so let's talk real numbers. To do a setup in Australia, it'll cost the chiropractor for a brand new setup installed, fully functional, operational, under $70,000, right? That's a whole radiology setup for a chiropractor under $70,000. Our chiropractors are making a return of, I'd say 40% minimum, to 100% per annum, mm. right? So that's the ROI, 40% minimum to 100% per annum paid monthly, right? So when you look at something like that, Dr. Pete, if you're a chiropractor in Australia, the number one investment right now is what we're talking about. There, 
there is hardly any investment out there in the market that offers 40% to 100% return paid monthly per annum, right? When you look at real estate, you look at Bitcoin, you look at the stock market, they're all highly speculative. You need to borrow a lot of money. It can go down anytime. We're talking about a business that pays you cash flow every month and it makes a return of 40 to 100%. I mean, these are real numbers, Dr. Pete, that I can, uh, you know, I, can, I, I keep track of these things. I keep track of these numbers of all, all our participating chiropractors. Amazing. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Last question is a bonus question. How do people get in contact with you? How do they learn more? I know we're speaking specifically to, you know, the Australia uh, doctors uh, here. And I know all of you U.S. doctors who are probably like me listening, like, how come we don't have anything like this here in the United States? Maybe there's a business opportunity. We need to figure it out. Um, but, Maybe. you know, I, I love what you're doing. So, yeah, how, how do we get more, um, in contact with you, more information? Yeah, easy, man. Just call me on my uh, mobile number. Um, I think it's plus six one four one four thirty four ninety eight ninety eight, Or just email me, omar at innateradiology.com.au. Awesome. Well, Omar, thank you again for uh, who you are and what you're doing to help advance our profession, help more chiropractors, help more people, help our, our CEOs build more remarkable practices so they can have more remarkable lives, having businesses that don't compete with their life, but complement their life and ultimately help us make a bigger impact and a bigger income. And it's not all at the uh, expense of our, our own selves or our team. So I appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing for our profession. Keep up the great work. And I look forward to uh, connecting with you, hopefully uh, here in the near future, when I get over to uh, Sydney, Australia for one of our upcoming events. And I uh, look forward to meeting you in person. And uh, for all you Remarkable CEOs, appreciate all of you. And I look forward to being with you again next week on the next episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Until then, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.